Hi, my name is Lloyd Sarbutz, and this podcast is brought to you by Liberia, a bookshop by Second Home. In this minisode, Liberia is privileged to be joined by Franco Stevens, founder of Curve magazine. First published as De Nerve in 1990, then later renamed, Curve was created to offer greater visibility of the queer and lesbian community. Franco and I chatted briefly about her life, work and legacy, which is the subject of the documentary Ahead of the Curve, which is released across the UK in cinemas and online on the 4th of June. I hope you enjoy. I'm, um, I'm delighted to be speaking with you and um, yeah, thank you for your time. Of course, thank you. I'm really honoured. Yeah, well, I think the honour's for me, really. And uh, I just want to ask a few questions um, just uh, so people understand what they can expect um, from watching your documentary. Sure. And um, the the life you've uh, lived and uh, your legacy. Um, so um, initially, I'm just... Uh, your documentary was incredible. It was really inspiring and um, brought a smile to my face um, just to see someone just produce something from nothing and have it be so seminal um, thank you yeah uh, thank you for uh, yeah making that happen um so curve has been at the forefront of lesbian visibility and then wider queer identities um in the documentary uh, executive editor uh, katie brown mentions uh, that there wasn't the right magazine for the community uh, to feel represented um, so I guess my first question would be, how did you determine what was right um, to offer the visibility and inclusion you envisaged? Well, I, you know, I, I know you have a lot of bookstore experience, am I right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So when I started the magazine, um, I was working in the gay and lesbian bookstore uh, in San Francisco called the Different Light Bookstore. And I had first wandered in there looking for a magazine like what Curve would become. And I thought, oh, you know, somebody should really do this. And uh, I didn't think that person should be me because uh, I had no experience. And then over my um, tenure working there, women would just come in and ask for the for this same kind of publication. And one day it really just dawned on me, if you want something done, you have to stop complaining and just do it yourself. So we held, uh, I put up a little sign in the bookstore that just said writers and photographers wanted for new lesbian magazine. And I got 300 calls in a month. It was incredible. And, you know, it was there that I told them um, sort of my vision for this uh, publication that would tell us, um, it, it more tell us and more show us than tell us, you know, what kind of things we were out there doing and that we were not alone. Um, the idea was to unify, unify the community. And something you could leave on your coffee table, and if your, you know, family walked by, you wouldn't be like, "Oh my God, I had Curve sitting out on my coffee table." Of course, it was called Deneuve back then. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we wanted to do news and politics, but also have it be a culture-based magazine. And I, I see that being really instrumental. If you look back over the thirty years of of Deneuve and Curve magazine, it's almost like the lesbian narrative, you know, in this arc of 30 years, it's really incredible. Yeah, you, you talk of that arc, um, you, you've had to navigate through very kind of changing political um, 
kind of uh, sensibilities and attitudes. Um, and that would have brought its own kind of uh, obstacles. How, how did you navigate those? I mean, that requires a lot of strength, obviously, but um, was it like you solely determining um, how, how Curve um, navigated through those waters or was it a collective? Oh, it was always a collective. You know, I might have been the captain of the ship, but the the crew was instrumental. I mean, that's one thing I wanted to get. You know, I was afraid of having the documentary because I didn't want it to seem like I did this by myself because I, I couldn't have done it by myself. The community really rallied behind me. And when I needed an editor, the right editor came along. When I needed a graphic designer, the great graphic designer came along. It was really meant to be. And how we navigated those waters um, was the more somebody pushed us down, the more we wanted to rise up. So yeah, we were, if you would have told me at, in 1990 when the magazine was first, you know, first developing that we would have gay marriage here in the United States, I would not have believed it. But I truly believe that, um, you know, Curve Magazine had something to do with that. I also think that, um, you know, all the gay and lesbian press had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is, um, I guess, testament to your legacy, really. Um, how else um, do you see your legacy uh, through Curve and, um, and, and the, the community you've helped kind of uh, build or uh, given visibility? That is a great question. If, if I had to think about my legacy, the most important thing, and I might've said this in the film, I don't remember, is that if I could help even one person realize that they're not alone, then, you know, all this, these years of work have been so rewarding, you know? Cool. And do you, um, do you feel like there were any missed opportunities or that um, you could have achieved more? If, um, if like prevailing attitudes were um, in support of you, uh, for well, instance? My goal was, you know, always to create a magazine that was no longer needed because everybody was, you know, on equal footing. There was no, um, you know, homophobia and no misogyny and no racism and no, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, I'm a disabled person. So that's all part of me, right? So, you know, there's, in trying to create a magazine that would one day become irrelevant, I guess you could say, um, looking back, there were so many, I wouldn't say miss opportunities. The one thing about, um, well, now publications in general, but back then, you know, queer media is, especially lesbian media is money is the deciding factor in so many ways. It's like, if you want to produ produce a print product and ship it out, you know, it's expensive. And I felt like I was always up against that. Like, uh, you know, oh my gosh, where are we going to get the money for the, you know, to print the next issue? Um, not always, but it, it, it was, there was definitely times of struggle for, for real. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's what I love about today is that, you know, you can get for 
a mission. There was no, when I started the magazine, there was no, you know, no internet. I, I, I don't remember if I even had an email address. Um, maybe I did, maybe it was dial up. Um, you know, now people can have their voices heard more widespread and more readily and definitely a lot less expensive. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, you, you talked about uh, the costs involved in uh, producing and shipping a print magazine. Um, a lot of magazines rely on advertising revenue in order to fund that aspect. Um, but uh, lesbian and queer culture would have had a lot of corporate misconception and wider misconceptions. How, how did you kind of uh, work around that to keep um, Curve uh, going for as long as she did well um it, you know i feel like kind of we had this double whammy because there was a time where um, the gay men's community had a lot of money coming into their advertising revenue uh, streams they had this idea that you know gay men were sort of at the forefront of culture and style and you know unfortunately they were they were also being advertised uh, by big pharma for AIDS medication. Yeah. Um, we didn't have any of those advertisers. And I thought it'd be, I mean, like we should have tampon ads. We should have, you know, vitamins for women. They, at that point, did not want to be associated with lesbians. So when we got our first big advertiser, which was um, a beer company, um, uh, you know, we, we were just like, oh my God, this is going to start the wave of, you know, all the big advertisers coming in. And it definitely helped, you know, breaking that, uh, breaking into that national realm before that it was, you know, mostly, uh, traveling gay and lesbian, um, advertisers, mostly lesbian advertisers and my dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's touched on in the documentary that he had the, uh, the computing business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great that you had that support um, just to keep it going uh, from the family. Um, and I guess my final question um, uh, would be more, what are your hopes for the future? Because in the documentary, you, you meet with a lot of um, young and up and coming and very kind of active uh, activists who are doing some like tremendous work. Um, how, do, how do you see your work kind of um, dovetailing with what they're uh, kind of building and you know how do you see the future for them well in the movie it said at the very end i'm not going to give it away in case people haven't seen it but um i guess i will give it away it it, it says we were um starting the curve foundation to further the mission of the magazine and we did launch that. We're launching it right now. We have our first executive director that started yesterday. Oh, and thanks, thanks. And um, the exciting news is that the foundation that, that I bought back the magazine and donated it to the foundation. So now, um, you know, now we have so much more work to be done. You know, it's like, what happens next with the magazine? do we ever print it again we've revamped the website um and it's a really cool uh it's a really cool like um retro uh site that's more simplistic and uh 
Um, we have two programs going now. We're going to archive um, the first 30 years of Curve Magazine so that they're free and accessible online. Um, because right now, if you type in, say, Curve and Melissa Etheridge, it won't take you to the magazine where we did you know, th that story or yeah. five stories or whatever it is. And then we're, um, we have a program with the NLGJA, the National Lesbian and Gay Journalists Association, um, to fund emerging journalists doing women's stories, lesbian stories. And they're the two main kind of uh, prongs um, for for the Kerr Foundation and at, at, at present. Right. We want to continue to tell uh, queer women's stories. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So I visited the website, so I saw the archive. So um, people that watched the documentary or um, who want to visit the website, they can see uh, 30 years of um, debate and progression uh, in the pages of your uh, archived editions. Yes, and we're gonna be, um, well, right now we don't even have all the issues. So we've put a call out to the community saying, hey, if you have some of the issues we're missing, we still wanna archive them. So what you see today will hopefully be different than what you see in the next six months. Cool. And how would they um, get in touch? Um, you know, what, what, what's the website um, for sure. the population? So the website for the Curve Foundation is thecurvefoundation.org. And for the magazine, it's curvemag.com. Uh, and all of our socials are, for the movie, are Curve Mag Movie at Curve Mag Movie. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, because um, I, I want to be sure to include that. So um, even just 10 minutes of your time, if, uh, if the interest is peaked for these people, I want them to yeah, um, kind of pursue their curiosity and and know that yeah there's a there's a whole history um, of kind of progression and uh, acceptance and community building uh, for them. That's great, thank um, you. Was there anything else that you wanted to um, talk about, like uh, in relation to making making the documentary, or are there questions that you think yeah I, I really want to be asked this? Well, um, you know. When the movie was being made, I think the big uh, the big deciding factor that the movie had to be made was this story that um, how I got the money to make the magazine in the first place, which was, you know, I was just a little kid. I was like 21 years old, 22 years old, and I had just recently been living in my car homeless. My parents shortly disowned me um, after that happened. And, uh, you know, I didn't have anything to lose, so I you know, took out a bunch of credit cards and I went to the horse races and uh, I bet all the money and I let it ride and it was meant to be. So, you know. Well, next I, time I go to the horses, I need, I need, I know who to ask for tips. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's right, it's amazing. <laughs> I wish to thank Franco for her time with Liberia today. To learn more about the work of the Curve Foundation, visit thecurvefoundation.org. Thanks for listening.